The accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenberger, and Skiba presents the 24th College Football Hall of Fame season of Fighting Irish Preview. And now, the Banditos' fresh made daily kickoff with your host, Phil Halk. Football during a pandemic? It's happened before. In 1918, the Irish had a new head coach, 29-year-old Newt Rockney. The season kicked off in Cleveland on September 26th with George Gipp scoring two touchdowns and a 26-6 win over Case Tech. And then, pandemic hit. The Spanish flu. Games canceled. The country went into lockdown. By the time the virus ran its worldwide course, 50 million had lost their lives. At Notre Dame, in a student body of 1,500, 200 fell ill, 10 died. No games were played in the month of October. But by November, Rockney was desperate to get back to football. A game at Wabash was scheduled on a Friday and played the next day, November 2nd. The Irish won 67-7. Gipp scored two more touchdowns. On November 9th, the Irish took on a powerful Great Lakes Naval squad. That game ended in a 7-7 tie. Next up, at Michigan State. There, Rockney tasted a rare for his career defeat by a score of 13-7. An injury to Gipp and a rain-soaked field contributed to the loss. The two 1-1 Irish then traveled to Purdue where the Irish prevailed 26-6. Gipp threw for a touchdown and ran for two others. The season ended the next week in Lincoln, Nebraska, where the Irish and the Cornhuskers battled to a 0-0 tie. Amazingly, ND converted 12 first downs on the day, Nebraska 0. Rockney's first season ended with a 3-1-2 record. And the rookie coach had navigated a season which was profoundly impacted by the Spanish flu pandemic. This week, the Irish open season 133 against Duke as they embark on a similar journey to Rockney's first team in 1918. And make no mistake, while there may not be any George Gibbs playing on this team, there is a load of talent, including a mix of seasoned veterans, exciting young players, and an outstanding fifth-year quarterback in Ian Book, who is ready to lead the Irish charge. Banditos with three Fort Wayne locations, Waynedale, Georgetown, and Glenbrook Commons. Banditos is fresh made daily. Now, stay tuned for Fighting Irish Insight from America's foremost authority on Notre Dame football, Tim Priester, senior editor of irishillustrated.com. After these words from Haynes, Eisenberger, and Skiba, Sheer McCulloch Auctioneers, and Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The University of Notre Dame exemplifies dedication to hard work, integrity, and personal values which result in success in the classroom and on the football field. The professionals at Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like Notre Dame, know the same dedication, and their experience and ability provides peace of mind. Combining local expertise with access to national and international experts through their affiliation with BDO, the fifth largest accounting firm in the world. 
tax planning, tax compliance, auditing, business valuation, and estate planning. The full-service accounting firm of Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba, like the Irish, has what it takes to help you achieve success. Located in Fort Wayne near Jefferson Point, Haynes, Eisenbarger, and Skiba proudly supports Notre Dame football and congratulates all those who are a part of the greatest tradition in all of sports. Go Irish! This is Art Salzberg. I don't endorse everybody, but I've found a company that I think provides a great service. The company is Shearer McCulloch, and what they do is targeted specifically for seniors, people who may be thinking about downsizing and are overwhelmed by the thought of what it's going to take. Shearer McCulloch will pack you up, move you, and then sell your house and everything that's left. Now that's the most comprehensive relocation service anywhere and what I call in sports terms covering all the bases. Sharon McCulloch uses an international auction platform to make sure your possessions are seen by the right buyers. They're looking to get top dollar from people who have an interest in the special treasures you've collected over the years. Sharon McCulloch is A-plus rated by the Better Business Bureau and highly recommended by leading retirement communities and law firms. If Sharon and I decide to make a change in lifestyle, we'll be calling Sharon McCulloch at 441-8636. That's 441-8636. We trust them, and we know they'll make things easy and profitable. Coors Light presents a word from Kirk Herbstreet. It's Saturday morning, and that means it's time for college football. It means your fridge is filled with Coors Light. It means last night's pizza is this morning's breakfast. And washing it down with your first Coors Light of the day is worthy of an ah. It's Saturday morning, and it means showers are optional. Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. Well, Tim Priester, welcome to Season 24, first of all. And we didn't think we were going to get here, let's face it. Six weeks ago, what did you think the odds were that we would be preparing for a football game this week? I got to tell you, Phil, depending upon what day of the week. I mean, I can remember counting down with our Irish Illustrated podcast. At day 30, we were optimistic. At day 25, we were pessimistic. At day 23, we were optimistic. I mean, it, it, you kind of rolled with the news from a day, on a day-to-day basis. But, you know, way back when, when you started looking at the pandemic and, and the inability to get rid of the virus, you, you know, you, you had to look ahead and say, okay, there's a lot of time, but man, I don't know how it's going to happen. And then suddenly, suddenly with about, uh, I don't know, 17, 18 days before the, the reconfigured schedule, uh, we started hearing about ACC refs being scheduled for the first three and then four games of the season. And ACC refs started doing practices at the various ACC schools. And then they eventually ended up in Notre Dame. And at that point, and particularly when the South Florida game was scheduled, on September 19th in place of Western Michigan, it all started to seem real. So um, it's definitely real now. Uh, I will say that Notre Dame is still awaiting the results of their final, their, their final uh, COVID test. But prior to that, they had had four tests with zero uh, positive results. So um, it's here, it's happening. Yeah. And 
but it looked awfully shaky along the way. Yeah, indeed it did. And uh, it sounds like Jack Swarbrick may deserve quite a bit of credit for keeping the ACC on track uh, when the other conferences uh, were unable to keep it on track. But uh, it's still a changing situation, folks. And talking about the changing situation, things are going to change significantly in that stadium on Saturday. Uh, Tim, as, you, as best you can describe it and from what you understand, what is Notre Dame Stadium going to look like at kickoff this Saturday? Well, the student body will be allowed in. Exactly how many thousand that would be. The undergrads are about 8,000, and then you include grad students, and uh, you get into five figures. So, uh, faculty, staff and faculty, again, not exactly sure how many that will include. And then parents, families of players who I would imagine are going to enter into their own separate entrance into the stadium because the whole idea behind this is they only want the people that are in the Notre Dame bubble um, to in that stadium and those that they will allow in the parents, families, et cetera, I would imagine will be kept completely separate from those folks. So it'll be under 20,000, uh, probably fairly significantly under 20,000. Uh, and, you know, I guess the band is going to be there. It remains to be seen exactly how they'll, they'll use the scoreboard, but that could be a tremendous ally for them. And we've seen a couple games, some with some with fans, some without fans. Uh, I think once it starts for people on TV, once it's competition, you know, if you watch Major League Baseball, competition is competition, and you start to dial into that a little bit. Now, college football is different. Football in general is different. NFL because they make so much noise uh, and that's why I say the scoreboard can play a role there as well but uh, I think you're going to see a pretty good Notre Dame football team on the field and that is the most important thing that that's a fact uh, but it's going to be a little eerie kind of like a spring game I guess is what I'm thinking uh, Tim uh, for the most part uh, the teams are all playing on a level playing field but the Irish seem to have dealt with the uh, the adversity attached to the dealing with the virus perhaps better than some others, uh, fewer positive tests, uh, really, really good positive feedback from what feedback we have been able to get from the team. Uh, do you think this indicates an advantage uh, for Notre Dame over other schools? I really do, and I, I can't speak for every school, but I think across the board, you know, Notre Dame, is, Notre Dame has shown about as much discipline as any program could through this entire thing, and and. You know, it's not not just the coronavirus. We we had, you know, we've seen across the country players have turned on their coaches a little bit. You've had players opting out. We had the the, the social uh, justice issues that Notre Dame dealt with in June, where they showed up on the campus. I was at that event, and they were a unified front, and they've remained that way. Um, Brian Kelly at the at the forefront of it all. So I think Brian Kelly's done a tremendous job. I think Jack Swarbrick continues to do a tremendous job in, in many ways. Notre Dame's playing in an ACC championship game. That is only possible through Jack Swarbrick's negotiations with them. Playing in a championship game. I mean, what were the odds six months ago? That- it's, not, it's, it's unbelievable. The first time the question was asked of me, uh, you know, when you knew that Nord- or that the ACC was going to play ball with Notre Dame, because they are business partners. They're not full business partners in football, but they are business partners. But when it was first suggested that the, or was asked, would they play an ACC championship? We laughed at it. And here they are playing in it. So I give him a lot of credit in the school in general. They did have that blip as soon as they went back to classes where there was a spike in the uh, 
positive test with the student body. But as soon as they went virtual, uh, it, it went back down. Now, they went back into the classroom here recently, so we'll see if that has an effect. But all things considered, I think Nordame has very much a competitive advantage because of the way they've handled the last six months. Okay, well, that's certainly good news. Uh, now, the most visible change to me for the Irish, of course, is the schedule. We've got pre-pandemic schedule, post-pandemic schedule. Compare the two of them a little bit for me. And, of course, we know who's out. It's USC, it's uh, Wisconsin, it's Navy, it's Arkansas, and Stanford, I think, would be the whole thing are out. But I want you to, as far as how this may benefit the Irish or not benefit the Irish, do you think it's easier, the post-pandemic schedule, as opposed to the pre-pandemic one? I, I think most people consider, I think Notre Dame considers it a little bit easier when you consider, because I, I, I thought USC was loaded this year. They had everybody coming back. They had a new defensive coordinator. They had the same head coach, which, you know, they've struggled. But I, I think the new defensive coordinator was the most significant there, and they were loaded with talent. Uh, Stanford's down, but they were going to be better than they were last year. Wisconsin was going to contend for the Big Ten title. Uh, Arkansas, I don't think, had a lot to offer. But I think that Western Michigan, you know, I think defensively, they're better than Syracuse. And Syracuse is one of the teams that was added to the schedule. Navy certainly didn't look very good the other night. And Notre Dame would have hammered hammered them had they played them uh, under these conditions. But, uh, you know, North Carolina's pretty darn good. And you have to go there near the end of the season and beat them. Uh, Boston College is on the road. Uh, You know, Syracuse, I don't think they're very good. Florida State will be better with Mike Norville. But I think all things considered, with the way the schedule breaks, there's that stretch in October. They should win. They certainly should be undefeated after September. And there's the stretch in October of Florida State at home, Louisville at home, and at Pittsburgh. That could get pretty tricky. Florida State has a great defensive line. Louisville has a great offense. And Pittsburgh has a great defensive line and defense in general. So if they can survive that, I think they have a pretty good chance of going into November and being undefeated when they play Clemson in the Clemson game, which was originally scheduled for November 7th, which could potentially be a little bit colder. Obviously, it remained on that day. So I think all things considered, when you remove USC and Wisconsin from the equation, I, I, I think you gained in uh, an easier schedule. Yeah, and having a clear path uh – to a, to the CFP playoff, if we're going to have one, I assume we'll have some sort of a playoff. But having a clear path by winning a conference, over the chance to win a conference championship, uh, in some ways, has taken a little bit of the pressure off of me from a fan standpoint. Uh, okay, Tim, let's talk about this year's team. That's important too, you know. Uh, and quickly, we're going to preview the different position groups and just kind of give me a thumbs up or thumbs down as to whether it's a strength or a weakness, and and maybe a fact or two about them. And let's start. With with the offensive line, lots of experience on that offensive line. 114 career starts combined, six guys with starting experience. It was good last year. It should be very good to great this year. Uh, wide receivers include the tight ends in this equation. Yeah, well, you lose your top three pass catchers, and Chase Claypool and Cole Komet in particular were outstanding. So, I mean, on paper, you take, take a step back. But they, have, they do have a lot of speed. They lose a little bit of size, at least through September, without injured Kevin Austin. But I think Ben Skronik from Fort Wayne is going to be a primary target of Ian Book, even, even after uh, Kevin Austin returns. 
So they have him and Joe Wilkins at one spot. They have Javon McKinley and Braden Lindsay, which is kind of size and speed at another spot. And then in the slot, Avery Davis and Lawrence Keys, which I think is a pretty dynamic duo. They're tight ends. You lose Komet, but you, you've got some really, you know, the two top pass catching threats are Tommy Tremble and, and Michael Mayer. So we'll see. We've heard very positive things about the, the relationship between Ian both throwing the football to his wideouts and tight ends. Okay, a lot of potential there. Now let's talk running backs and uh... – uh, we've heard some really good things about Kyron Williams, and he's tops of the of the uh, depth chart. Yeah, he's 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 carved off some some weight that he didn't need. He's quicker, uh, he's more dynamic. Chris Tyree, the true freshman, is a breakaway threat. I mean, he's a he's a Dexter Williams type type threat. And then Jafar Armstrong, I think, will be third. He's missed some time because of some non-injury related issues, but. Uh, it's deep. They go five deep. Jamir Smith and Sebo Flemister can play as well. Uh, quarterback position, and it's a real luxury to have a, a three-year starter back in Ian Book. But what does the uh, depth chart look look like behind Ian? Well, very inexperienced. Brendan Clark would be the first guy off the bench, but they like his savvy. And then Drew Pine is another savvy guy that really picked up the the scheme very quickly. So inexperienced behind Book, but for all the things that for all the criticism he and Book's gotten since the Clemson game a couple of years ago, it sure is nice having that veteran quarterback. Indeed. All right, let's look at the other side of the out of the of the ball, the defensive line. Uh, are we going to have a pass rush, and how do those tackles look? Well, we're going to find out because they lost Kareem and, and Okwara, and those were your two main pass rushers. Although Okwara didn't have a great year, I think. I think Ade Ogundeji is going to have a great year at one defensive end. Dalen Hayes, now he's never been a real dynamic player, but a huge leader for them and a versatile guy that you can move around. Ovi, uh, Ovi Ogofu is a guy that uh, they think it has a lot of potential as a pass rusher, as does Isaiah Foskey. All of your defensive tackles are back, led by Myron Tagavailoa Mosa and Kurt Heinisch. Okay, in the linebacker position, we've got two or three back from last year, and this figures to be a strength of the Irish. Well, it, it definitely does in two of the three spots. Drew White emerged last year. He's a quality player at the Mike linebacker position, and then a rover Jeremiah Usu-Koromoa is considered to, to have All-America potential. A lot of questions of Buck linebacker. Shane Simon, quote, beat out Jack Lamb, but Jack Lamb's coming off a hip injury from late last season that was pretty severe. So we'll see about that position. But two of the three definitely should be should be strengths. Safeties and corners. We lose a lot at the safety position, but you got a guy named Kyle Hamilton uh, ready to see even a bigger role than he had last year. Yeah, he's, he's a standout. He's a freakish player. Wusu um, Koromo is freakish at Rover, but Hamilton's on a completely a different level. Uh, we'll see Sean Crawford, interesting, smaller safety and that's mainly because they haven't really liked what they've gotten from the other safeties uh but but you have two great cover guys back there nick mcleod the grad transfer from nc state as soon as we saw the film him you knew that he was a starter walking in and then Tariq bracy a junior and a true freshman clarence lewis will probably split time there so you lost a lot there with your two uh your two starters at safety and, and troy pride at corner but they look like they have a chance to be pretty good, if not equal to it, approaching equal to it. Well, it's nice to, to – certainly strong indications of the Irish having depth at all these positions. Uh, and one last one, the kicking game should be solid with Jonathan Dore and Jay Bramlett, but who's going to return kicks? Well, at least initially, the, the kicks will be returned by Chris Tyree. We thought it would be Braden Lindsay, but again, he missed time. 
And it's it's been difficult keeping Lindsay healthy. So I think Chris Byrie, a dynamic athlete, will handle that. And then punt returns, it appears that it'll be Lawrence Keys. Okay. And one quick hit, Tim, to finish the segment. Do you think there's a chance the Irish might permanently join the ACC after this year? I would say there's a chance, but I don't think that that's what Nordane wants to do. I think it's more likely that instead of playing the typical five or six ACC games, it could expand to eight. Uh, I'm sure the ACC would love to have Notre Dame, but I don't think their relationship is such that they will push for that. And I think Notre Dame will remain independent, or I should say return to being independent after this season. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks, Tim. Coming up, it's the all-time Irish hero. Key to an Irish victory, injury report, and the world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. And during the break, it's the Fighting Irish Fact of the Week, brought to you by Ron Wise and the Wise Insurance Agency. This is the 340th edition of Fighting Irish Preview. Shine the light into my room. Oh, I'm sure the morning sun can eliminate my gloom. If it shine a little light into my room, all I want is some sunshine, sunshine. Shining through these windows of mine And I want it to be easy, easy Bushy. Treat each house as if it was your own. Our mission statement at Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Hi, I'm Jim Bushy. At Bushy's, we're proud of our home improvement products that we offer, and we are even more proud of the award-winning installers who will come to your home. Right now, take advantage of our 12-month 0% interest payment plan, and estimates are always free. So call Bushy's at 456-1247, stop into our showroom, or check out Bushy'sFW.com. Bushy's Windows, Doors, and Remodeling. Your clear choice. Your clear choice is Bushies. Your clear choice is Bushies. Listen to that crowd roar. Art, the Aspen Mortgage team has just hit the field and the crowd has gone crazy. Phil, why does this crowd love Aspen so much? Well, Art, with more than 20 years in the mortgage business, Aspen is a dynasty. And with all that experience, these crafty veterans can personalize a mortgage for each customer's financial situation. So you always get the best loan program and interest rate. And the Aspen Mortgage Team plays with a lot of class. What do you mean? Well, friendly personal service you can trust. A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. And Art, they'll go into overtime by working the weekends. And they aren't afraid to go on the road. They make house calls. Phil, I can see why the Aspen Mortgage Team is so popular. Wait, what's the crowd chanting now? It's the Aspen phone number. For all your mortgage needs, 486-LOAN is the number to remember. Or visit them on the web at aspenmortgageco.com. Aspen Mortgage, a proud supporter of Notre Dame football. The Fighting Irish Fact of the Week is brought to you by our friends at the Wise Insurance Agency. Notre Dame has won 18 consecutive games at Notre Dame Stadium. It is the third longest winning streak at home for the Irish since the stadium opened in 1930. Call Ron Wise at the Wise Insurance Agency or go to thewiseinsuranceagency.com and get an auto or home quote in less than five minutes. Hey, I'm Kirk Herbstreet, and I watch college football like it's my job. It is your job. I know, but sometimes I like to get out of the booth and chill. Here, have a Coors Light. Thanks. So, where was I? You're on my couch, 
in my spot. Oh, is this your spot? It's a nice spot. Great view. Make Saturday mornings even more chill with a fridge full of Coors Light, the official beer of Saturday morning. 2019 Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Celebrate responsibly. Selling or buying a house? In the real estate game, it's results that matter, and in Fort Wayne, Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley has built a reputation as a realtor you can trust to achieve the best results, and he'll do it with a friendly personal touch. So put Dan's years of experience to work. Call Dan Schneider of Century 21 Bradley at 312-1479 or visit him on the web at Dan. DanSchneiderHomes.com. That's Dan Schneider at 312-1479. Your call for real estate results. Now back to Fighting Irish Preview with your host, Phil Halk. This is Fighting Irish Preview. The number 10 Irish take on the Duke Blue Devils. This week, TV coverage on NBC starts at 2.30 p.m. South Bend time. And it's now time for the all-time Irish hero. Brought to you by the Marina at Lake Gage. Chris Craft, Mastercraft, and Premier Pontoons, we share your boating passion. This past summer, the Notre Dame football family lost one of their all-time greats. Dan Shannon passed away on July 6th at the age of 87. He was an All-American linebacker who played from 1951 to 1954 under Frank Leahy and then for one year under Terry Brennan. Known as a devastating tackler, he was a four-year starter and captain the 54 squad. That was the year in which he received the All-American recognition. During his tenure, the Irish posted a record of 32-5-3. Shannon was drafted by the Chicago Bears after graduation, but he decided to join the Air Force instead, and he served there for four years and then went on to become a very successful CPA. Tim, Dan Shannon is an old-timer, having played well before even our time, but his name is one that is very familiar to the Notre Dame football circles. Yeah, a great Notre Dame player, a great Notre Dame man. Uh, and interestingly enough, he played for Terry Brennan in high school before he played for him a little bit later in college. But yeah, very active in, in public service. This, this is fascinating to me, created the first one of the first Special Olympic events which of course now is a is a worldwide uh, e- event, but a true Notre Dame man, and his son played football in Notre Dame, and his grandson recently completed a very successful stint as Notre Dame's long snapper, John Shannon. Yeah, in 1953 and 54, Dan Shannon was actually a two way player, and to go along with his great uh, uh, reputation as a linebacker, he managed to catch 18 passes good for five touchdowns. Dan Shannon, another Marina at Lake Gage all-time Irish hero. The Marina at Lake Gage, we love boats. And it's now time for the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. Tim, David Cutcliffe's Duke team is coming off a 5-7 and seven campaign, which included a 38-7 loss to the Irish last year in Raleigh. That day, the Irish were powered by Ian Book's 181 yards passing and 139 yards rushing. The Blue Devils return seven starters each on offense and defense and have a transfer quarterback in former Clemson backup Chase Bryce. In spot duty over two seasons as Trevor Lawrence's understudy, Bryce completed 60% of his passes good for 1,023 yards, nine touchdowns, and four interceptions. Duke returns three of five starters on its offensive line and add a grad transfer from Stanford. They will be blocking for last year's leading rusher, Deion Jackson. Jackson had 641 yards and six touchdowns in 2019. The Blue Devils return experience at wide receiver, but last year had difficulty stretching the field. Their top weapon in the passing game, 
maybe 6'4 senior NFL tight end prospect Noah Gray, who caught 51 passes good for three touchdowns last season. Defensively, Duke boasts a couple of outstanding pass rushers in Chris Rump and Victor Demukeji, who combined for 15 sacks last season. They have experience at linebacker, and they get three out of four back in the secondary. Tim, overall, this Duke team should be improved from a year ago, and David Cutcliffe is back to calling the plays. He's a coach you and I both have a lot of respect for, and he will have some weapons at his disposal. What is the Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory? Well, the the first weapon that he'll have is quarterback Chase Bryce, who gives them much more offense than they had with Quentin Harris last year. They, they had 10 first downs against Notre Dame, less than 200 yards total offense. But I you know, I still don't think they have enough weapons to, to, to put up even 20 points against Notre Dame. So I want to see, you know, it's Tommy Reese's first game as, as offensive coordinator. Notre Dame rushed for 288 yards last year, 139 by Ian Book. I, you don't necessarily want him rushing the ball that much, but they've got, they are vulnerable between the ends. Their ends are good pass rushers, but you can run against this team. I'd like to see uh, Tommy Reese employ multiple tight ends, which is something that he said he wants to do. Test those defensive tackles, get that ground game going, and that'll loosen up the passing game for a, a receiving core that is just um, starting to uh, learn to develop some chemistry with Ian Book. Okay, let's call that Tommy Reese's play calling. That is Tim Priester's Aspen Mortgage key to an Irish victory. And Tim Priester, pick a key player. We need uh, this week's Aspen Mortgage key player for the Irish. I'm particularly interested to see Kyron Williams. I mean, everybody wants to see Chris Tyree and Michael Mayer because they are such dynamic freshmen and you have some new receivers. But I want to see Kyron Williams because everybody told me that he's going to have a breakout year, and I really have never seen it with my own eyes. He's not necessarily a guy that's a a huge, you know, big play 80-yard guy, but he's trim. He's played well. All of our reports have been very positive coming out of Notre Dame. I want to see what Kyron Williams can do at running back. Well, he had a big August last year and then kind of disappeared the rest of the season. So I'm looking forward to him as well. Kyron Williams is your Aspen Mortgage key Irish player this week. Aspen Mortgage, for all your mortgage needs, call 486-LOAN. And it's now time for the injury report brought to you by Indiana Physical Therapy. Your choice for physical therapy now with 20 Indiana locations. Uh, Tim, health is pretty much what the last six weeks have been all about. Uh, so how do the Irish stand health-wise going into game one? Well, just a warning as we progress through the season, this could get a little bit dicey because they test late in the week for the coronavirus. And, and at this stage, uh, it'll be difficult knowing exactly who's healthy going into this, going into that game in particular. But actual physical ailments from playing football Jack Lamb, uh, apparently it prevented uh, his hip injury, prevented him from winning the starting buck job, but he'll still be on special teams. The main one is Kevin Austin Jr., the wide receiver that Notre Dame was counting on to be a huge part of the offense. He broke the fifth metatarsal in his foot during the summer. He's out for eight to 12 weeks. Ten weeks would be Florida State following the bye week. Uh, if he can return for Florida State, hit, hitting the ground running, so to speak, uh, that that will be a huge benefit. Uh, hopefully getting Kevin Austin back for October uh, will happen. Thanks, Tim. And that is the Indiana Physical Therapy Injury Report. And it's now time for the world-famous 
Irish Illustrated prediction brought to you by irishillustrated.com. Tim Priester, Vegas says the Irish by 20. What does America's foremost authority say? May I remind you, Phil, that four years ago, Nordane was a 20-point favorite at home against Duke. Indeed. <laughs> and that one didn't work out very well. But obviously, this situation is much different. Nordane has a great defense and a great defensive coordinator. I don't see, whereas I see Duke being able to move the football much better because Chase Bryce will give them an upgrade in the passing game. I don't see any real position or area of Duke's offense that that should be able to make significant roads inroads against Notre Dame. By the same token, I don't think uh, I don't think Duke's defense is going to give up more than 500 yards like they did last year or 288 yards rushing. However, I think you can run the football against this team, and as I said earlier, that will open things up. I don't look, you know, Notre Dame put up a lot of yards last year and only ended up scoring 38 points. It's the first game of the year. There'll be mistakes. Everything that's happened over the last six months, I think it might be a little shaky at times, but Notre Dame plays a solid game. They've had a great preseason. I'm going with Notre Dame 31, Duke 14. ND 31, Duke 14. That is Tim Priester's world-famous Irish Illustrated prediction. Uh, Tim, we're in the same ballpark as usual. The Irish, uh, are, they're going to score points and should be able to control the football with that running game. That's what I'm expecting. I do like the idea of seeing those uh, two tight end sets and and seeing what Chris Tyree and Kyron Williams and, and, and some of those other running backs can do. Maybe not quite as many points as last year, but I think this can be a formidable team and I expect them uh, to play extremely well. Uh, considering all they've been through in the offseason. ND 34, Duke 10. Thanks, Tim. Thanks, Phil. Go Irish, and thanks for listening to Fighting Irish Preview. Special thanks to Jim Shovlin, Art Salzberg, and studio producer Adam Schenkel. Fighting Irish Preview is the copyrighted property of Judge Phil Productions. Podcasts by Federated Media. Podcasts by Federated Media.